to the Beauty Inspires Beauty Podcast. Today, I am sharing a special episode that I was recently on with Eric Rias, who is the owner of Big Mood, which is a mental health and sober advocacy group. And we kicked off his podcast this year with conversations pertaining to honesty. And um, if you guys had a chance to listen to this episode, it is a repeat of that. But Eric is a recovering advocate specializing in intervention, mental health, and recovery case management. He has coached men, women of the likes through addiction, um, recovery. I met him at the gym. He was one of my buddies about five years ago or so, I'd say. Um, I think he claims I'm one of his first friends in San Diego. And just watching this guy grow into this advocate that he is for mental health awareness, his own struggle with addiction and using fitness and personal development to really recover and to share and become the coach that he is now. He invited me on as a guest, and I just really wanted to share this episode with you guys. It's real raw. If you want to get to know me, if you want to hear a little bit more about my story, my background, and where I came from, and um, just like a real honest conversation that we had around the coaching space and tapping into what personal development means to us. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. If you do, please rate, review, subscribe, share it with your friends. It means the world to me when you guys do that. Tag us on social media if you had any aha moments or takeaways. share subscribe you know you want to connect with you that's all we're trying to do over here if you're listening you could also watch on big new tv um we're doing things a little different this year it's the first podcast recorded of the, of the new year so it's exciting and really quickly before i introduce my guest each month of this year is going to be themed um with some sort of ideology or like just concept and this first month january is honesty we're not going to get into like fully the depth of that right now, but we're going to see how honest this guest can get and like see where we can go with that and like how we could tie it in together. But today we have Jessica Bergio. She's a mentor. She's an educator, um, entrepreneur, founder of the Beauty Inspires Beauty podcast, and one of my old my oldest friend in San Diego. Crazy. Hi. Hi. What's going on? I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. Yes. It's been so, a long overdue. So. Talk about let's talk about where you where you're from because it's important to know it's important to know the origins of the entrepreneur. And we I, I like to know the origins of the entrepreneur because you, of course you have the rich people who stay rich and like become like their parents are rich and come from that. Um, but I know that's not your case. And what you've managed to do and what I've watched you do just over the last five years is impressive. So let's talk about where you come from. And how it ties in and how those values are brought into what you do today. It's so cool when someone actually has seen your journey. So like what you say actually has weight. So thank you for saying that. Um, yeah. So I grew up in a, a family of entrepreneurs, my mom and my stepdad. So my mom remarried when I was about five. I should say she married. She had me at 19. So 
we didn't grow up with much. She was the youngest of six, and I think they barely got by. I think my grandfather was in the military, drove a bus. My grandmother didn't work. So she didn't grow up seeing that. She grew up seeing hard work. And when she met my first stepdad, um, I think that was her first introduction to what entrepreneurship looked like. Now, did he do it right? No. He had that hustle, swindle, yeah. fake it till you make it. But he had that that heart. And I think he he pushed my mom into starting her own business, which was selling mobile homes, which is much like real estate. And she had worked for a bigger company um, and decided to open her own place when I was about, I think I was like 11 or 12. So watching her start that business and investing in herself and taking, you know, all that responsibility on her own. Um, that was, that was something to watch. And early on, I learned what it really took the time, the commitment, all of that to like be your own boss, to lead a team, to grow into leadership while you learned. And, you know, she wasn't afraid to, to, I don't want to say alienate herself, but stepping into that leadership role and managing people, it's, it's different than being on the same team. Yeah. Right? Like you're not one of them anymore. It's lonely. It's a little lonely. Yeah. And when you don't know or if you didn't have good, strong mentors to lead you, I think she did have some good examples of people who ran successful businesses who, in hindsight, she probably thinks of as mentors or people who paved the way. But she truly figured it out on her own. And we would drive in the minivan up and down inside the mobile home parks, you know, trying to get listings. And my mom, that she thought to me, that was old school guerrilla marketing. And watching her every weekend just put the work in. My mom worked seven days a week. I hardly ever saw her. Yeah. And so that was ingrained in me. That's just what you did. So when people now, you know, fast forward to the instant gratification and the things that people think should come so easy to them, they try once, they launch something once, they put themselves out there once and they don't get the response they think they should get. It's like, I'm not the coach for you because I won't. <laughs> I yeah. won't hold your hand through that. Like, oh yeah, that, that didn't work the first time. You should switch it up. I came from watching someone put everything they had, every minute, you know, sacrificing time with their family to get where they got. So not saying that that's the right way, but that's kind of a little bit of my background. But I grew up in San Diego. My whole family's here. I have two brothers and my mom still owns that business to this day. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. That um, the idea of figuring it out, that's that idea of just figuring it out. And of course, I'm as a coach and you as a coach and mentors, we're we're kind of the shortcut, or at least that's what we're advertising, right? Right. <laughs> right. Know? We're we're telling people like, hey, we can get you from here to here without these bumps in the road. But for me as a coach, I'm very proud of taking the long road. That's what's qualified you and I to be coaches, is that we didn't get it right off the block. We just we got it off of the tr the trial and error and you watching your mom and the trial and error and the just grinding it out. Mm -hmm. That's what you've seen that. So now you can exemplify that and you could express that to your clients. Well, I really think a lot of her sacrifice was like the precursor and the, and the runway for me to get where I'm at, which has taken 20 years exactly. of my own adult life. Um, the sacrifices she made were for the greater good of without her knowing to give me more opportunity it's almost like she was my first coach and mentor, yeah. right? Like That's she awesome. helped me skip road bumps. Not to say I haven't had all of my own because everything she said, I did the exact opposite because that's what you do as the yeah. first child, right? She doesn't know shit. I'm going to do it my <laughs> way. But um, yeah, I think we we do paint the picture for future clients 
that because we've invested in ourselves, because we've taken the long, hard road, because we've fucked up and we've spent the money and done the things that, yes, now working with us, we can get you there quicker and with a little bit more ease. Not to say it's going to be easy, but mm-hmm. that's the idea of hiring somebody. Absolutely. to help you get there quicker with a little less pain and probably a little, you know, less financial stress than needs to be if you figured it out on your own. Because you could. Everybody yeah. can figure shit out on their own. Yeah. Just a matter of, are you going to get it done? Yeah. And how long is it going to take? Yeah. Um, let me ask you, what's, what are the dynamics of your mentorship program? So I started off with the idea of getting completely out of my industry. When I first like started exploring what it would be like to coach and mentor, I really wanted to just work with early stage entrepreneurs because I felt like building the foundation is the key to anything. And once you have a good foundation, you can pivot, switch, do whatever it is you want. We've been in the fitness industry I've been in in the salon industry behind the chair, owning a salon. Like I really felt like my time was to get away from the industry and just help more people on a general consensus. But what ended up happening, I feel like anytime you try to get away from something that raised you, it like pulls you back. And I got busier and more people came to me for things I thought I was trying to get away from. So I really had to tap into like what what are my strengths and what am I good at? And I think a lot of times when you're looking to pivot or move into a new space, like you really have to self-analyze and figure out what, what am I good at and what am I not good at? Mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy leading a team at the salon. I didn't enjoy managing at that level. I like to work with people who are already all in and want, want the guy to take them to the next place. So um, I opened up one-on-one coaching spots with people in my industry, hairdressers who were just looking to hit six figures in their business, but were having a hard time getting to that place. And, um, you know, people come to you for coaching for one thing, but often it's, yeah. there's, there's other reasons why they're not achieving the one goal Definitely. they think they want to come to you for. Mm-hmm. So while six figures was the lead to get the conversation going, it really opened up more the mindset, personal development stuff that I had built such a strong foundation with in fitness. And I felt like a lot of times people don't know what they don't know. I don't know what I don't know, mm-hmm. but I learned through the coaching of that first year that I knew a lot more than I gave myself credit for when it came to holding space for people, working through mindset. Let me stop you really quick. Holding space, what does that mean to you? So 20 years of standing behind a chair, touching people and listening, I've learned it's not about me. Mm. So once I took myself out of the equation, like I could give that client such a better experience if I made it all about them. And so a lot of clients would come to me like, I left my old hairdresser because they never listened to me. They didn't do what I said. They just did what they wanted. And I would think to myself, that's crazy. You asked for something specific, but they gave you something else. Like it was mind blowing. And so if you take that in relation to coaching, I could, I could see the potential in somebody and, and kind of force direct them into that. But if they're not ready for that, if that's not really what they want or need, like, that's that you're not being a good coach because we're not meant to like tell people what to do. No, we're meant to just be the guide, be the guide, ask good questions like you're doing right now. So, and that's holding space to me means giving people a safe place to be themselves and to really explore what, what it is that's holding them back. What's causing them to have this imposter syndrome around not being who they want to be. And as you grow and evolve and experience new things, that changes. And I don't think we give ourselves the grace to like hold space for ourselves 
Like mm-hmm. I'm such a people pleaser that I can hold space for everybody else, but I didn't learn how to do that for myself until really recently. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a long time. It, t- it takes time to even acknowledge that. So beautiful honesty. Mm. Oh, tie that bitch back. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's that's something that it's hard to admit that we just don't know how, that we don't take the time to hold space for ourselves um, as coaches. But one thing to sustain the coaching, sustain ourselves in the coaching element is the continued nurturing of our intellect, the nurture of our, nurturing of our spirit. Um, that's how I find myself able to like pour and give to the extent that I'm able to give to like my partner to my my son my clients is continuing to do that work i always tell people what's your work i don't know what your work is but do your work you know i don't know um what that looks like but um but wait let me stop you right there go because a lot of people they don't know what their work is either so and i find that a lot of people that say they're doing the work or think they're doing the work they're not doing the work they're ingesting the stuff they're listening to the things they're reading the books but they don't know how to take that the information and yeah. integrate it into their life and actually apply it. Yeah. Definitely. And so I think that's where a coach or a mentor or or a, somebody who's gone before you helps call you out on that shit. I think that's a you're hundred percent on point. Be- because I mean, 100%. my best friend never listened to this, but she's the perfect example of we both ingested the same books, the same podcasts, and it wasn't until I started doing something with that information that my life started to shift and new opportunities Absolutely. started to literally fall on my lap. Absolutely. And, and my, it's almost like you're damned. If you know too much, you can never go back. Yeah. It's, it's, it fucks you up a little bit, but yeah. then it also it like pushes you like, what do you want to be? What do you want to do with this? Yeah. But then you see people who think they're doing the work and they can't figure out why shit's not changing. Why they're in the same patterns or repeating the same thing. They're dating the same people. They're having the same fucked up shit happen to them over and over again. You know what? You know what I, I theorize are the two things that keep people stuck: um, lack of integrity and a worthiness conversation. Worthiness is the huge. worthiness one is huge. I'm not worthy of that relationship. I'm not worthy of that. You know, I, before that life, that life before I started asking for a large ticket. You know, kind of, I just had a hard time even believing that that I was worth that. You know, until you know, after practicing and like continuing to show receive, up, receive, receive, and show up, and people people offer me more money than I asked, and like, okay, it's being shown to me. Then I just started believing in myself as a person, and people started asking me questions They're like, "This motherfucker's answers." I was like, okay, so maybe I should charge a little bit more for this. Well- and you're not perfect, are you? No, no. No. Do you have to be perfect to do this work? No, not at all. And that's not the beautiful thing. Like once you realize like people are drawn to you for the for the flaws, for the things that you know, the shit that you've been through, like that's what makes you such an incredible coach and a plate. You hold space like nobody's business either. Oh, thank you. Well, that's what makes, that's why people are listening to the show right now. Thank you. Because in a way, like even though they're not with us right now, they're with us. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's being able to, Put yourself out there in a way that you're okay with rejection. Definitely. You're okay with the no's. You're okay with, if I'm not for you, that's okay. And that's why I say integrity, because when you're out of integrity and someone says no, it's probably because you're exhibiting some sort of behavior or there's some sort of thought process that is unaligned with your values. Right. Like, for me, you watch this, like business was not going well. My sex addiction was going crazy. Is there a correlation there? Absolutely. 
I'm not in alignment with, I'm trying to tell people to have a clean mindset, take care of their body. And I'm over here lying, cheating, stealing, essentially. <laughs> so things don't work out. You yeah. know, it's, so it's the cheating. It's the, are you spending too much money? Are you not growing spiritually or not reading the books? And you can't achieve this goal unless you're fully in alignment. And that's take, that takes work. Right. And that, take, and that takes fucking honesty. Being honest with yourself. Honest self-appraisal. Looking at yourself every day like, am I am I doing the right thing? Am I being a selfish motherfucker right now? Which is hard. That's a whole different conversation. Well, and you, we're on honesty, so let's call it out. Because how many people do we know that are not honest with themselves? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think you and I are the opposite of a lot of people who say, I'm so proud of myself for doing this, this, and this. And I'm like, cool, that's cool that you're proud of yourself for the one or two things that you should already fucking be doing. But what about the 10 of the things that you're ignoring and you're you're not living in your truth because you're not showing up for yourself? Absolutely. But you're questioning why. But I did these two things perfectly. Like I should be awarded. Yeah. Like my man, why is nothing manifesting for me? Why is shit not going right? And it's it's getting really honest with yourself. And I think having someone who can hold space for you like that, that's where I come in as a strong mentor because I think being a female, but also being fairly masculine in that like I can hold space on both levels to where if I call you out or if I bring things like it's coming from a place of love and it's coming from a place of like this isn't for the greater good of me it's it's for you yeah you know yeah I'm thinking about you and the masculine you you do have you do have masculine energy because you had to raise the son essentially by yourself is that okay to say yeah okay and then running a business but I don't perceive you as super, super like exuding masculine energy. I don't see you that way. So it's interesting. Do you see yourself that way as highly masculine? Um, I think, I think not as much as I used to. I think. Yeah, you were kind of a tough guy when I met you. Yeah, I think I it, it was a defense mechanism, which we know comes from trauma, which I was unaware of, like what that trauma was. Um. I still am not super clear on it, but I I do have a few turning points of conversation with my mom over the years that, you know, she said stuff to me like, well, I had to be your mom and your dad. So having a role model who was my mother be both, try to be my father and my mother, like, no wonder I, I have this, you know, these two personalities that want to show up as one way and then have a craving to show up as another. Like, it's just, yeah. it's a reflection of how I was raised. Yeah. Thinking about, so thinking about the masculine and feminine. So as much as I do, oh, my men's group, group start this week. So it's like, I'm this, I'm really in this headspace. Yeah. Um, it makes me think like, okay, because my theory is the reason we see toxic masculinity is because there's an absence of healthy masculine expression, right? Like the art, my dad, didn't know how to do what I'm doing and like hold space to masculine, too masculine, feminine. Like, you know, like, you didn't even know this conversation existed. So we can't even blame anybody. Right. But I think the same goes for women with the absence of healthy masculine leadership. Like, like, cause you had to do what you thought masculine was, not what a healthy man showed you masculine was. No, I just had to wing it. And wing same it, with yeah. my mom. She's the youngest of six. And I remember her telling me a story. My grandpa, he, she was like 14. She came home from school, high school. And he looks up from the newspaper and he's like, what are you still doing here? And she was like, what do you mean? He's like, what are you still doing here? Basically, like, why are you still in my house? Yeah. And she's like, I live here. <laughs> he's like, you know, get out of here. Yeah. And that's most likely why my mom, you know, I hope she never listens to this podcast, but she doesn't know who my dad is. Yeah. She was 19. She was partying. She's like, I'm I'm 40, almost 41 years old, and I've never met my father, don't know wow. who he is. 
And if you were raised by somebody who just showed you the harsh side of being a man, like could never hold space. And my grandmother was scared of my grandpa. So all she did was run around the house and, you know, make sure everybody was fed and never wasn't loving or kind. And I, in the, however many years I had my grandparents, I saw them kiss on the cheek once. Yeah. And I was basically raised by them. So I didn't see affection. I didn't see that kind of loving yeah. behavior. I didn't see, all I saw was my grandma run around the house like a chicken with her head cut off and my grandpa do nothing. And I'm like, this, is this it? Yeah. And then my mom to do the exact opposite, to meet a man who, where my mom was basically like the breadwinner. And, and he, though he was an entrepreneur, um, he was a piece of shit. He was a piece of shit. Yeah. Piece of shit. My brother's dad's a piece of shit. So <laughs> honest. Yeah, uh, yeah, honest. And so I had zero, zero guidance when it came yeah. to like what a father should look like, what what any masculine. Yeah. And then we wonder why we can't attract certain women. <laughs> right. You know. But toxic going back to men, what rather. going yeah. back to what you're talking about, because I love what you're doing in the conversation you're finally bringing out into the world because it needs to be had. Because I'm not the only child who didn't grow up without a parent. A yeah. dad or a mom. Oh, it's 30%, actually. 30%. And it, I would imagine it to be even more. That's probably just what's reported. And That's the fact reported. that like exactly. people don't talk about one of the parents not being around. So therefore, a lot of times the other parent seems to pick up the other traits. And so then it's like a confusion of like, what role is what? Yeah. And why, well, and why do we have to have specific roles? Why, exactly. So that's exactly. the part where, you know, we my grandparents, my grandpa just passed away, I don't know, a couple years ago. And he was almost 100. His, his mom lived to be 102. And it's like every 100 years, what the shift in the roles and like the opportunities yeah. that we have, how can we be doing the same thing that we were growing up taught? Yeah. It just almost doesn't even apply. Yeah, it doesn't apply. So we've kind of got to rewrite the script and and that's where you know men are showing up differently than they ever have. Women are showing up bigger than they ever had have and it's like being able to find a partner that allows you that space to be whoever you need to be to be your best self. I always say I want to be loved in my fullest expression. Yes. And that's in both my masculine and feminine because I I am you know me I'm pretty even between the two. Right. I have like a very strong feminine as well, but to love each other in our in our fullest expression of whatever energy we're in at that moment, um, and also being able to acknowledge when your partner's in that space, like in that like boss space, mm -hmm. like that you know super super woman space, where you're like, okay, let me fall back, let me let her run the show, and like being able to acknowledge that. I realized why so many things didn't work in so many relationships didn't work in my life is because I wasn't able to show up in the proper energy. To create the polarity. I'm, I've read so many books about this shit. I'm, actually, if you need a good book to read, All About Love by Bell Hooks. She just passed away, actually. But it's a, it's a, it's an expression of what love looks like. Um, go ahead. Well, and when you say too, like you're you're a few years younger than me, and it's like almost impossible because we have grown so much every couple of years. It's like, how can we expect somebody to know how to love us as we're learning to relove ourselves in every Definitely. phase that we're going through? Definitely. That's why I'm very- Like how confusing for them yeah. too. It's confusing for us. That's why I'm very particular about who I date right. and like who I'm actually going to pair bond with. Like I'm not, if you're not up on this language and like having this conversation, and if you can't have this conversation, then you're not for me. I'd rather be single to be honest. I'd rather- Well, just I, one makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why my last relationship went where it went because, you know, even from the start of having- you know, regular talk therapy in my life. I learned a new language on how to cope with things. And yeah. when I wasn't as responsive like I used to be, that was confusing. Yeah. And so you tried to bring that person along to learn the language with you. And if it just doesn't land the same, like 
It's like yeah. you're speaking two. It's you're speaking two different languages, and then then you'll have that thing where the one or the other says, "You don't even listen to me." And it's like I hear you. Yeah, I just don't. You're just saying something that I I just don't hear you. I hear everything you're saying. I can repeat it back to you, but we're not speaking the same fucking language. I did that shit for six years. I already know. It's um. But I, it's a, it's a con- I'm reading another book called The Conscious Relationship, and it's like understanding understanding the polarities between the two. There needs to be the polarity, um, but there's a there's a language and a culture that we create within that polarity. I'm speaking in like weird woo woo fucking terms. You are speaking in woo woo terms, but at the same time, like when you have more ways to express yourself and communicate, the easier relationships get. Absolutely, because when you only know like a linear language where you only know how to like say rah, rah, you're wrong i'm right like yeah. you can't express things and so there's never like a come to jesus where you both can understand each other but like no one has to be right or wrong yeah. you yeah. can live in that space of like i hear you i feel you i'm holding space for you but we don't have to agree but we don't even have to have that conversation whether we agree or not we can just move forward exactly and grow i learned that it's not always agreement but it's alignment yeah it's not always we don't always have to be in the same we, you can have your thought. I have my thought, but can we align to a neutral place and win-win? And alignment, you guys, doesn't have to. Alignment doesn't always mean it feels good. Yeah, no, people think alignment good. means it has to feel good, or like no. when people want to shift and pivot in business, and they're like, "I just don't feel in alignment." I'm like, "What does alignment mean to you? What do you think alignment is? Yeah, is it like this made-up happiness place that you think that you're going to feel all this like yeah. bliss? Because it's not. Yeah. Alignment is just you. You are showing up authentically as yourself. And when you're in alignment with partnership, like it's, there's a lot of times where you got to agree to disagree, but then you got to understand like why or where that person's coming from. Absolutely. And with proper communication, it's easy to not need to be right and, yep. it, and to, to become aligned. I can, I can compromise with most things if it's clearly communicated to me what's needed and what I can do and what I cannot do. If you get, give me the opportunity and, in relationships, we rob each other of that. He's supposed to know what I'm, he's supposed to know what I'm Ooh. thinking. I'm supposed to know what she's thinking. Bitch, you didn't tell me. Yeah. Why are you mad at me? Yeah. You didn't even tell me what you wanted. How am I, I'm not doing something. I'm not doing something. But like, you didn't even tell me what the thing was. You know, it's a it's this thing. It, it, with proper communication, we can solve any problem. Yep. We can solve any problem. Anyway, we're getting off topic. So, <laughs> talk about beauty inspires beauty. So, <clears throat> beauty inspires beauty came from my passion a for the beauty industry because it is a culture and an industry that raised me. And without it, I don't know who I would be. Um, Stepping into this space of wildly creative, just unapologetically themselves. People in this industry, at least when I started 20 years ago, like I was like, yeah, these are my people. And I don't know where this is going to lead me, but at some point, like I'm going to be, I'm going to be a big deal in this industry. That was Mm -hmm. my goal. I thought I wanted to be, you know, on stages and doing hair and all this crazy stuff. And when I was early in my career, I was at Signature, which is one of the biggest Paul Mitchell shows. And I saw a man named Wynn Claybaugh speak, and he's a motivational speaker. And he was very close with Paul Mitchell and all of that growing of that business. And the things that he talked about, the passion that he had for this industry, just the business side of making this a real a real industry. We're not just a bunch of people who couldn't get jobs, who didn't know what we wanted to do. Yeah, that was part of it. But it was like nobody expressed to you that you could be creative and make six figures or more and have a place in this industry where, or in this in this world where you were respected. And so creating 
and founding this thought of it's really about the BU. So I have this this quote print in my house. Um and in it, it's all in like black letters, but the B and the Y, the Y-O-U is in gold. And it's been in my house for years. And when I started Beauty Inspires Beauty, the B-U st- stood out for me. And I was just like, this is one of the only industries where you truly get to be yourself. And it's it's the people who show up so authentically that that really are successful in this industry. And so just having conversations around that and just supporting that and bringing awareness to you know, motivate and inspire people to, to be themselves. Um, that's where it came from. That's my love of just being able to inspire and motivate people in whatever form that looks like. And so having my own company that at one point will have, you know, give back components. When I had the opportunity several years ago to create, it was called strong girls for the YMCA. It was a give back program for teen girls who needed mentorship, who needed support, who didn't have a lot of at home, you know, female, role models to look up to. And we created this program for the why that it it really took off. And it was then that I realized like, I want to mentor and help mostly women. I feel like I connect with women and just, and and be able to like open up people's eyes to what is possible. And I knew I had to go first in order to do that. There you go. You know, I could have stayed real comfy behind the chair, making the six plus figures that I made traveling a little bit and um, just doing what I did. But I, I felt like a calling that Again, I felt out of alignment and out of integrity with what I knew I was possible for myself. Yeah. You you're wearing this very well. You're wearing this very well. The Thanks. it's um when you've when you've hit a certain point, it's time to teach. It's time to teach. And I, I not everybody's a teacher, which is fine. Some people just continue to just need to continue to do. Right. But if you have the ability and like the influence and not even social media influence, but the influence like it's an anointed influence. Some people, you walk in, you're like, I want to know what that person's thinking. You know what I mean? When I saw you at the gym, I was like, I want to know that person right there. And I walked up to you, and you know what I mean? So when you have that influence, like, you get to you get to share your experience. You get to guide. You get to guide. So, And not everybody's supposed to be a coach. We're in a co- very coach-centric time in life. It's everybody's wild. a fucking coach. Yeah. Which is fine, but you're someone who I think is per- perfectly suited to be doing what you're doing. And... And I heard you say, "Be like talking about BU. Um, if you're, if we're able to work in our respective fields and be ourselves, like that's like that's it. That's the dream. Even if you're not, even if you're not making six figures, if you're able to be like this year, I was able to like tap myself the fuck up and like say what I want and do what I want and still be be successful doing it. And I." And even when I'm not as fi- doing as well financially as I was the month before, I'm like, man, I'm doing, but I'm doing me though. Mm-hmm. And for you to be giving, providing that to people, the idea of like, okay, here I'm, I'm gonna walk you through how to get this money and how to build this business, but we're gonna talk about how you can be you the whole way doing doing it. That's a very profound thing you're you're providing. Thank you. Very profound thing. You're providing. Yeah, and it's it's interesting when I try to start putting a program together. I did it all backwards. I did what I thought I was supposed to put out there. Yeah. And if you watch anything on how to build a program, how to put a curriculum together, how to give your people what they want, like ask them. Yeah. <laughs> Don't just make up what you think you should be putting out into the world. Don't do what everyone else is doing because you think that's what you're supposed to be yeah. doing. And yeah. you know, the first course I put together was 
all around budgeting and back-end systems and shit I didn't fucking know shit about. But I thought if I put out what seems like strong, usable strategy, they'll take me seriously. And once I peeled out all the things that didn't really equate to why I was successful, I'm like, this isn't why I was successful. The budgeting wasn't part of what made me me. Yeah. The the taking responsibility for showing mm. up and mm. respecting my money, that so was a good. that's you can't write budget plans on that. Yeah. So good. Right? Do you want to have a good relationship and a healthy do you think you are worthy of yep. abundance? Yep. And when I flip my mindset around what money could do for me and the people that I love and how many more people I could help impact, money took on a whole new level of I don't even know what the right word would be meaning, I guess, for me. Um, and I started to be able to see myself in a, in a different light that someone who could change things by having and making money. And so I rewrote the program to be more of a mindset course. And it, it really helped unlock people's blocks that they've had around themselves making money. Absolutely. Because we all have the potential. Everybody can make money. Everybody can it's make money. It's almost not that hard to make. It's stupid how easy it is to make money. And that was one yeah. of the biggest compliments I got from somebody not that long ago. They were like, man, you know what you're so good at? You just fucking can make money. You can you can make a job out of anything. Yeah, you do. You say you want to do something and you make money. You you make a lot, you make good money. Thank you. you. And and you what's what's crazy is like I've gotten a lot of shit over the years. So, I mean, I've been doing this for 20 plus years that I pivot and I do different things, but without that that I'm an emotional projector. So I Me always too. Uh, shocking. Oh my shocking. Goodness. I always thought I was a manifesting generator. I was like, oh, that that sounds like what I would be. Yeah. And then I did my test on the human design and I'm like, fuck, no wonder. This yeah. makes so much more sense. Yeah. If you guys have questions on human design, hit me up. Um, but honestly, like when when you start telling yourself different stories, it it, it it's such a powerful tool to unlock um what is possible. And so many people came to me with this. Well, it's not about the money. I don't, it's not about the six figures. I just, da, 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 da. I don't need to be rich. I'm like, okay, so let's break down what kind of life do you want? Yeah. How much time freedom do you want? What yeah. are you doing now with the money you're making? We went over all the things and it was like, I just want a nice house. I just want a nice car. I just want to be able so to So you want money. I'm all bitch. You got to be fucking rich then. Because if you live in San Diego, even making six figures is just very, you're not, not like, you, yeah, no. you're not buying a house. You're not, you're not going on vacations. Like living in Ramona with me. Yeah. <laughs> or you're living in Santee with your mom. <laughs> uh, but anyways, you know, just, just being able to open up the minds of people to have conversations around what's possible. If, if making 50 grand a year can get you the life that you are content and happy with, that's what you need. You know, when, when we, when we play stupid idea time, it's something my mentor does with us a lot. Um, what, what does your life look like when, if you put out anything that you could possibly dream of things you've never even told somebody else, like, what does that look like? Yeah. If all it is is peace and space and happiness and walks on the beach and working two yeah. days a week, that's fine. We can figure out how to have you live a beautiful life on 40 grand a year, 50 grand a year. Yeah. That's doable. Yeah. But if you have bigger things in your life that you want to accomplish and do, like a lot of it requires an investment. And that's what I can teach. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. How are we doing on time, Matt? 35 minutes. We're going to wrap this shit up. Let's wrap it up. Yeah, isn't that easy? It's so easy. So easy. Um, plug all your things. Plug all the things. So um, the podcast is called Beauty Inspires BD. 
It is got us on Instagram, Beauty Inspires Beauty Shop. And then you guys can find me at Jessica Bergio on Instagram. I do have a free Facebook group for anyone in the industry. You don't just have to be a hairdresser, but if you know anybody in the industry, hair, lash, skin, send them my way. You can jump in that. And we have something super exciting coming, launching next month. It's called Behind the Beauty Brand. It's a high-level membership kind of slash mastermind hybrid where it will be forever long coaching. Um, and it's really structured around my myself as a service provider, all those things, salon ownership with my partner, uh, Laren, who does all the back-end systems of growing and scaling salons, med spas. Uh, she has over 20 years experience growing businesses on the back end along with branding. So the hybrid of what the two of us know along with the way that we're presenting the information, we have an app that we're building for it. Wow. It's going to be next level. It's pretty good shit. So my focus See? for 22 is going to be the podcast, bringing you guys thoughtful conversation around how to take care of yourself. Um, and then this, this membership. Wow. Going all in. She's doing this. 2020 is about to be lit. If you're out here doing it, Man, it's gonna be popping. Um, if you're listening, if you listened all the way through, rate, share, subscribe. If you want to watch it and share the video, it's Big Moo TV, and we're up out of here. Peace. <laughs>